Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The legislature is pushing a bill that would ban all abortion clinics in Utah by 2024. Now, I've been forthcoming on this show about how I feel limiting abortion access exacerbates an existing maternal health care crisis in Utah. But today, I'm passing the mic to an expert. Jalon Fall tells me about her work as one of very few black midwives in Salt Lake and what she wishes the legislature would do to live up to its goals of being family forward. It's Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Jalan Fall, I remember when it was announced that you were joining one of the care teams at one of our big hospital systems. Uh, I had multiple friends who are black women comment that they felt like maybe now they would be more interested in getting pregnant in Utah if they could be under your care. Do you hear this a lot from patients of color? I do. I, I, I do get patients that say that they like look at our roster and see who the providers are and... Um, several of them have come to me because I'm African-American. So they are seeking someone that's like themselves or that's a woman of color. For anyone who isn't familiar, like why is it so important that black women can see a black provider? Well, historically and even today, our maternal health has been poorer than that of white women. So our outcomes are worse. We have more illness and more people die um, who happen to be women of color. And so with that knowledge, I feel that Black women are more prone to desire health care from other providers of color where they feel that their wants and needs may be represented, more represented. And, and research has shown that women who are taken care of by providers of color, their outcomes are better and they feel like their care is better when they have a provider of color. So for those women who desire that type of care, um, it's important for the providers to be available. I one time heard someone describe pregnancy as like the greatest, most um, unparalleled hormonal shift that your body could ever possibly experience. And I imagine that it's really important that when that's happening inside of you, that you feel really seen. Right. It's it's really important to feel seen and feel safe. Yeah. Can I ask, and you don't have to answer this if it's too personal, but have you yourself ever experienced a lack of care as a patient in this space? I actually have. I have experienced that. And I, I think that that's um, actually something that I can bring to the table because I've had that experience and I'm not afraid to talk about it. Having gone through that type of care has made me care for my patients more. I think that it, it gave me um, the ability to have a type of empathy that maybe not everyone can have. Well, we know that there is overall a staffing shortage in healthcare in Utah right now. It's something we talk about on this show a lot. 
And in particular to maternal care, I was surprised to learn that Salt Lake City has been ranked the second highest city at risk for an OBGYN shortage after Las Vegas. I would be curious why you think this is. I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that I think people come here for school and then they leave. And I think that a large part of that happens to be we have a controversial topic coming up here soon in legislature around women's rights and abortion. And I think that it just has to do with providers being able to provide the care for their patients or gift care to their patients where they know what to expect. There are a lot of things about to change here, possibly, and there's a lot of uncertainty about what can be done in our medical practice. And so I think that providers are likely to leave and go to states where they know what to expect and have Uh, they feel that they are able to provide the care to their patients that they would like to provide. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about that a bit because, you know, since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, Utah has been volleying around a variety of bills, laws, and like various ideas about how to handle abortion care. And I think there's a lot of misinformation that's resulted from that because it feels like it's constantly changing. How has that impacted your job as a midwife? Well, as a midwife, it created a lot of uncertainty as to like where to refer patients and what's happening, <laughs> what's allowed today, what what where can I refer patients or what are their options today? Every time a patient asks, I feel like I need to look it up and see what's happened. And I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there as far as people feeling like abortion is as a form of birth control. But there are a lot of women who are going through other situations as far as their own health, as far as maybe a a diagnosis for baby, maybe something terminal. Maybe there's, you know, situations where women don't want to report maybe rape or incest. It's a really controversial topic, but at the same time, it's really going to affect women's access to healthcare. Well, I want to ask because, of course, the data says one thing, which is that we're not necessarily recruiting as many people in these roles as we need to to keep up with like our birth rates in Utah. But I would like to know if in the conversations with your colleagues, if you feel like their commitment to this work is waning as a result of the credibility of the rules shifting so often, or if people are kind of grounding down in reaction. I feel like people are grounding down in reaction. I don't think that they're shifting as far as wanting to stop doing this work. I think that the people that do this work are really committed to women and to women's health care. So, but... There's just a lot of uncertainty. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house 
with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Why do you think that the idea of abortions inspires such anguish for people? I think that just a lot of misconceptions. Just for example, if you have a miscarriage, in order to complete the miscarriage, we'll use medication. And that's the same medication that's used for abortions. And I feel like if you have a miscarriage, that's medical care that you need. If it has to be given in the hospital or if it can't be given, then that's just going to cause complications for women. Where before they were able to get that medication from a clinic... Um, now they would have to go in the hospital, which is going to cost more all around. So are you having to have different conversations with your patients right now because of this? Like, what does it sound like boots on the ground to have a conversation with a patient about how their care is shifting at the hands of the legislature? I think that the the conversations, they're shifting more as in terms of birth control and um, prevention. But one thing to consider is when you're talking about birth control, who can predict a rape or incest? So it's, or who can predict a terminal illness for a, for a child? So it, it's a very controversial topic um, because there are a lot of what ifs that are, you know, unfortunately, are being decided by people in suits. Do you get um, the sense that it's something that your patients are really worried about? Do people bring it up with you often? People do. When it all started, we had a a lot of people coming in um, looking for birth control and knowing what their options are. If they were to, if their birth control failed them, what would be their options? So there are people that are really are not desiring pregnancy at the point in time. They're looking out to do the best that they can to prevent it. And historically, abortions have been there as a backup if, you know, if those measures fail. That's one option. Well, we talk so often, I feel like, in Utah about things we wish the legislature wouldn't do. But I want to talk about some things the legislature could do, because we're in general legislative session right now. What are some things that you as a care provider would like to see from lawmakers that could decrease the maternal mortality rates for Black women in Utah that you that you brought up? I would love to see more access to care as far as what is provided through, say, Medicaid. I would love to see doula care being added to maternity care and postpartum. We know that doulas are a great asset and at improving women's experiences in health care, and the doula is able to spend more time with the woman. Personally, um, in her home environment and um, get to know the patients on a different level. And I would love that being available to women who don't necessarily have the means to pay for one out of pocket, which is the way that it works right now. I want to ask you to define a term for me because in the pregnancy space, there are three types of providers that we hear about right. a lot, doulas, midwives, and OBGYNs. What is the difference between all of them? Sure. So a, a doula is more of a personal caretaker for the mom. So for the pregnant woman, 
The doula will provide labor support and labor. They'll talk to the patient and prepare them for birth. They serve as an advocate or they can serve as an advocate for the woman in labor. The midwife um, is a care provider that, that does care for normal pregnancy, uncomplicated pregnancies. And then an OBGYN is a physician who, a, lot, a huge difference between them is that they are surgeons as well. So OBGYN performs surgeries. They perform cesarean sections and midwives deliver uncomplicated pregnancies. My last question for you, almost two years ago today, the University of Utah and Intermountain Healthcare released a joint statement declaring racism as a public health crisis. And the truth is, not every Black patient will have the opportunity to see you. What can white healthcare providers be doing to ease suffering in their own practice? They can educate themselves about the history of racism, about outcomes today. They can do anti-racism work, be in touch with themselves, and be realistic about the fact that we all have biases. Bias is like human nature, and so we all have these biases. And and if we're in touch with them and we don't ignore them but address them, then we can, you know, we can do better and prevent ourselves from taking action based off of the bias that we have, or and maybe don't even know that we have. I think that the conversations around racism, I think that they need to happen by with providers, amongst providers, between providers and the patients, between providers and their colleagues. Those are the things to do. Acknowledge it. Well, what keeps you going in such a difficult field? What gets you to work every day? Oh, I love caring for women. I love caring for all women. And just, you know, I I treat all of my patients the same. And just being able to be helping people is something that I absolutely love. I've loved everything about women's health and childbirth from such a young age. So for me, doing this work is like a dream job. (laughs) How young an age? Before I could read the words on the pages, I was flipping through medical encyclopedias, just looking at the pictures, and oh my god, I just knew. Um, that's and then that's when a I knew calling. I wanted to be involved in childbirth, I was probably eleven. Dylan Fall, thank you so much. We're lucky to have you as a care provider here in Salt Lake. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Heads up, we are going to discuss sexual assault in this newscast. A ProPublica article just dropped today in partnership with the Salt Lake Tribune, and here are the nuts and bolts of it. 94 Utah women allege that the same OBGYN in Utah County sexually assaulted them over the span of his 47-year career. Their stories are harrowing. But when they filed a case against the doctor as a united front, a judge threw it out. Utah's medical malpractice rules make it more difficult to file a sexual assault claim against a healthcare worker. And the case is held in less regard than if the assault took place in a different setting. Get this. Even if a jury rules in the victim's favor, a judge is required to limit how much money they receive. And the victim has to meet a shorter deadline to file their case after the incident. So some of the women involved in the suit may not be able to have their experience considered. As of right now, the Utah Supreme Court has agreed to hear this particular case, and it's important because the Supreme's decision will almost certainly set a precedent for future similar cases. 
At the legislature, Republican Senator Mike McHale has filed a bill that would change the malpractice statute so that sexual assault claims are not considered malpractice, but can be heard for what they are, sexual assault. I am linking this whole story in the show notes. I encourage you to read it and to support the important work of journalists like Jessica Miller at the Salt Lake Tribune. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with our Friday News Roundup. Bye.